Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, have a really, really great interview lined up for you this week. I spoke with Susie Chisholm, and even if you don't know the name, I can promise you that you know her work very, very well. It's all over town, and I can pretty much guarantee you've seen it in at least one of two places. First of all, she has done the Johnny Mercer sculpture that is in Ellis Square downtown. Life-size sculpture of Johnny Mercer reading the newspaper, leaning up against a fire hydrant. No doubt you have seen it. It's expertly done, and that is the work of Susie Chisholm. And you might have also seen it. She has done a sculpture called The Runner over at Lake Mayer. It's right when you enter the park, and it's right there. You can't miss it, and no doubt you have seen that one as well. She's also got pieces at the Mighty 8th Air Force Museum and at Hospice Savannah, so you might have seen those there and in other places around town. So no doubt you've seen them. And she, for a long time, for 23 years, she had a studio over at City Market, although she has now moved her studio home and is working from a really beautiful studio upstairs that I was able to check out while I did this interview. So anyway, we kind of dive right into the interview. We don't have sort of a formal introduction, so we're going to jump right on into it. It'll sound like you're kind of stepping into the middle of a conversation, but that's part of the charm of it. And Susie was a great interview. I know you are going to love it. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as all of the writing I do for the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section and in the lifestyle section for my Sunday column. Been speaking to a lot of great guests lately. You can check out my interviews that I did with P.T. Bridgeport about his show East of Savannah over at Laterra Natural Oils, as well as my interview with Stuart Miller, the director of the Department of Cultural Resources, the head of the Cultural Arts Center here in Savannah. So that was a big time interview. Plus, I did a piece about the quilts exhibition that is going on over at the Beach Institute. And that was a lot of fun to do. And that's for my Sunday columns. That'll be in the lifestyle section. But let's get to this week's interview. Again, this is Susie Chisholm from her studio talking all about her practice, her work, and with a special appearance from her cat, Zoe. Enjoy. I've come across some pictures recently, and I guess they were on Facebook, of the old Civic Center. And it's like the DeSoto Hill, and you just go, oh, really? No, really? I remember it. I used to take dancing, and we danced at the old Civic Center. And it was gorgeous. It was this big columned mm. building, and it was just, I mean, it looked like a theater. It was yeah. beautiful. And then they tore it down. Well, it's, um, I mean, there's always that fight between, you know, the conservation and, and of well, the old Well, that was back when, it. you know, tear it down. We want something new. yeah. Um, it's interesting because you are a native here, so it's you know you have that perspective. I think that maybe not as many people have, which is 
which is cool. Um, you know, you sort of hear that. And you mentioned the DeSoto. That's one of my big, I mean, I think that the building is so ugly. <laughs> and the it, previous one was so cool. Oh, really? I can remember going in there. I was young enough that I didn't go very often down there. But I have a memory of going down there. And the, I remember the little slat wooded floors. Just It was just wood. I just remember wood in the in the big rooms and... One of the chief arguments for tearing it down was that they were not able to install a modern air conditioning unit, air conditioning in the building. Mm-hmm. That was their chief argument. We need a new building because it's too hot in Savannah. Let's tear and, this one down. Yeah. I came across them when I had to clean this out. This had been my kid's playroom, and it was a, d- a default room. The house just grew in a funny way when we ended up with the third child. Mm-hmm. And and this ended up as a playroom. And um, then they've been gone long enough that it started getting... The collect room, the collect room, and my parents dying, and then Billy's parents dying. There was all kinds of just stuff that we'd never gone through. We just kept sticking up here, and uh-huh. one day, well, that one day was last year when all of a sudden I needed it out of here. And so I had to sit down. I was in the process of clearing this room out, figuring out how to get everything out of the studio downtown in here. It was it was maddening, but... I came across old documents in an old program. My mother-in-law apparently was instrumental in doing the big last bash at the DeSoto Hilton. And it is a red-flocked, big program thing with all the old pictures and the drawings of the new one. And now everybody was so excited. All right, well, why don't we actually start a real interview here? Um, Sure. (laughs) Let's talk about what you've been up to because I think that's kind of what re- reminded me that I wanted to sort of catch up with you. And, and of course, when we talked like ages ago, like to be fair, and I really appreciate that you even came on because back then nobody was listening to the show. <laughs> back then, and we appreciate that you came on because we didn't really, like we were really struggling to get people to come. Like, <laughs> today, be willing. To today. <laughs> and, but now it's, it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. And so I, you know, like to, I mean, you know, you get publicity as you do, but. Um, oh no! You know it's really funny. At some point, it does sort of stop for a minute, and 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 even what I was doing kind of came to a screeching halt. But I've done an, a lot since we last talked, if I'm not mistaken, because I've I, I, two, three years ago, two, three years. It was ago. about so the show, the radio show has been will be four years in December. And I feel like you were in the first six months, so I think it's been three years since you were on the show. Okay, because I may. In the move, some of these got damaged, but he's St. Joseph, and he's in a church at um, in Aiken, South Carolina. All of these have bodies. Uh-huh, okay. I've just cut the heads off and kept the heads. And you recycle the clay. Okay. So um, I've got hundreds of pounds of clay in heads sitting around here. The clay's reusable. It's an oil-based clay, so oh, okay. it's reusable. I have big buckets of it over there against the wall those big tubs over there i've emptied one of them i'm and i've got some in the attic and all around but i have several thousand pounds of clay that i keep recycling well let's let's i mean i know this but just for the listening audience here who you know maybe don't know this or don't know as much about your work okay first of all of course everybody's seen it because i mean Johnny Mercer in the in Ellis Square or The Runner, which we talked about in uh, at Lake Mayor, and you know there's other places around town too. But for those who don't know, and this is one of the things that has always stuck with me when we first talked, is sort of the process of 
like how detailed you get when you're I remember we were talking about a, a soldier that you were doing a sculpture of at that mm-hmm. time, and you were talking about like researching the coats and getting the buttons just right oh, and yeah. doing all that. So when you're getting ready to start on any sculpture project, like it doesn't even matter, you know, specifically who it is, sort of like what is your process? Like I'm going to do this thing. What is kind of how do you get started? <laughs> From the very beginning of taking pictures and that kind of stuff? Even, yeah, like that. Because, I mean, I think that people just see the end result and they're like, well, what is she doing? She just sits down and, like, it just springs from your mind. But there's so much that goes into it. Right, right. Um, You know, it it depends on if the people are alive or not. (laughs) Let's see, like like this guy. Yeah, who is this? This is is the one I'm working on now. He is the winningest football coach in the United States. Not a huge... You're not from around here, so you may not you may not even get that. It's really funny. My husband knew exactly who it was. Um, he is in the Football Hall of Fame for being the winningest football coach in the United States. He was a high school football coach in Somerville, South Carolina. And I'd have to look up the number now, how many wins he's got under his belt. But he is, he is in the Football Hall of Fame. And I think he lost 120-something games in his career, and he had 10 state titles and just on and on and on and on and he is from somerville south carolina his name was john mckissick john mckissick okay and so how did this kind of come about because it's in progress right now right and it's going to be his wife too i don't know if you see the oh yeah maquette over there that's that's what it's going to look like um somerville got in touch with me and asked me if I would make the proposal. I used to go to a show over there, and they would take the proceeds from the art show and put art around town. And they're not having the show anymore, but they're now acting as sort of an agent. If anybody wants any work, they'll contact the right artist or put put it out there. And so a couple of us actually made proposals, and I was lucky enough to win it. So... I went over and met his wife. His wife is still alive. Mm. And I met her. And I actually, if you see over there, I've got a jacket of hers that she is going to be wearing. And his jacket. And I, I had his, okay. I have his um, baseball cap. And his whistle is in the pocket of the jacket. I'm going to have to put the whistle on him. So um, I started with going over there and meeting her. And then I had... Um, the daughter, who is her size, posed for me in the clothes that they wanted her to be wearing so that I could kind of get that. And then he was a little over six feet tall, so I had to find a friend who was tall enough. I tried to put the jacket on my husband to see if it would work, and it was so overwhelmed him. We had to find somebody <laughs> that was a little bit taller. So I found a friend who was oh, about six two, and he came over and modeled for me. And so I could What's see. What's cool is, like, he's got a presence about him, too. Like, the way, like, and you, obviously, somebody who is, like, a coach, who is kind of a leader of right, sorts, right. will have sort of an aura, and you kind of have to get that aura without actually being in front of the guy, because he's yeah. passed away. Yeah, yeah. There, he was very well documented. There was a photographer in town that just took a, so many photographs of him. So, and his wife has a room. They had enclosed a room in their house, and it's a, it was a one-car garage, and it is wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling memorabilia from his 60 mm-hmm. years as a coach. It is unbelievable. Their pictures stacked. Their are things in stacks all over the room, so you can find anything you want in there to document him. 
and she's alive, so I was able to take her pictures. But this is what I'm working on now. I'm getting him down, and then I'm going to put her right next to him. And where ultimately are these going to go? Somerville. So, but like in the, out in public, or they they have redone the football stadium. Okay. And they're the city now owns it, and they're repurposing it. It's going to be football, but you know, football games in high school have what six games at home. So they're repurposing it so they can use it all year long. And they're a multi-million dollar project that they're doing. And this is going to be as you walk into the stadium. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's so cool then. So, yeah, it'll ultimately be bronze. And I, Oh, and, yes. And it's funny because so you're eventually going to, like, just destroy this whole thing. And it's going to be. <laughs> I'll have to show you some pictures of, of the last piece I did. I had a bench in here. Um, a year ago, I saw pictures. I was starting to work on it a year ago, and I had a big park bench, and I put a man in it. My brother modeled for that. <laughs> he came over and modeled for that, and I had that was that's his head over there. That's Harold Harper, and when he was finished being molded. He was just thrown on the floor because they had to take the bench. It was the real park bench that he's actually going to be on. So he was just sort of taken off the bench and thrown on the floor, and there he was. So then he goes in a bucket over there, and I reuse the clay. <laughs> but, um, That's so awesome. Now, I want, to, I want to talk about the details of we can use this as an example because I think, you know, because it's standing right in front of us. But, you know, you mentioned about getting the jacket, and, and you're going to add the whistle in, and, he's got his, and you've got his hat. And I think that for people, you know, they ultimately see, like, you're really layering these pieces, like, one after another, oh, right? right? So talk right. a little bit about that, because I know that that's part of your process, and people maybe don't realize that. Right, right. I think that's, it's an important part of sculpture, and my whole thing is if you look at some sculpture sometime and you think there's something a little wrong with it, probably what they haven't done is they haven't built the body nude to begin with. You you have to build it nude to begin with. You have to know where all the key points are, where the knees are, where the hip bones are, where the elbows, the wrists. You have to know where all of that. You have to have the curve of the chest and the, the bones sticking out in the back of the, mm-hmm. as you move your arms, your, your wing bones. You've just got to have those things poking out in the right places before you start dressing them. So I build them nude, and then I start putting um, the clothes on. And you start with the lower, like you see the shirt first. Right. Now, uh-huh. there's not a shirt under his jacket, obviously. That yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. show. But you start with the lower thing. You start. I built the collar and the front part of the shirt, and then I started with the jacket. And um, Well, what's, I mean, and, and it's spot on. I mean, for people that aren't in the studio, they can't see us, see this. But we've got, you've got the jacket here, and then you see the the sculpture that you've done of the jacket and that's zoe for everybody out there listening that's zoe playing the cat in the background but you've got the somerville coach's jacket right and you can sort of see like one after the other and it's a precise mimicking of that so i mean well, I, measure. I measure everything mm-hmm. i mean i'm not i a lot of people and i have a lot of good friends in, in the business and not everybody is as detail oriented and not everybody appreciates that some people like the more abstracted or the the not quite so detailed i like that too but i love doing the details <laughs> i love taking a little tiny tool and making all those wrinkles look right and the little bumps in the fabric they just pop out here and dip down there that's just pure fun to me so it's my thing um 
Well, and, see, and it works right for certain types of sculpture. It yeah. does. I mean, this is what they wanted. They want the detail. So my work is very well suited to sculpture where you're portraying a real person. Well, it's interesting, though. Yeah, that's true for taking the measurements of the person or the thing that you're sculpting. But I think attention to detail, no matter what kind of work, is really important. And, and it's interesting because... I had another artist on recently, Fredo Martinez, and he does public artwork as well. A lot of mural stuff and a lot in Savannah, but also elsewhere around um, down in like Tampa and kind of all in the Southeast. And we talked to, when I talked to him, his stuff is, is abstracted and he's not as going to be concerned about, you know, the details of like the human face, although he uses figures and stuff like that and all of these details that you're talking about. But it was interesting when I was talking to him and we got like, delving into the details of what he was doing how before he does a mural he like takes super precise measurements gets where like all of like if there's like a pipe coming out of the wall or there's like a special curve or whatever and then he creates a model on the computer of that exactly perfectly so that way that he knows like he won't run into any surprises when he lives and lays down the mural whereas from in the outside perspective somebody might come in and say Oh, it just looks like some guy came and painted right, a mural. Right. And I think that's one of the things that... The backstory. Yeah, the professional artist like yourself, and he's also, you know, doing it full-time, and he's a professional in the field that he's doing. It's like paying attention to those details that you... That most of us, I think, as just viewers, would kind of overlook and not really think. But that's what really makes it pop in the end. That's what really makes it, like you said, we don't look at it and say, there's something a little off. Absolutely, absolutely. And I could name some sculptures around that. You might take that. <laughs> We're not going there, though. We're not no, going I there, can though. think of some, too. If you go around town and you see the kind of sculpture that you're doing, the kind of, like, the, the real-life sculptures, and anybody can walk around town and you'll see some, like the Johnny Mercer piece that you've done or the runner that you've done, and compare those to some others, and you can see there's a big difference. And yeah. And I think we kind of... Even if you don't know anything about art, you kind of make that, oh. Yeah, I try to educate people about that. <laughs> I have some friends that now they start sending me pictures every time they go to museums and things like that. Look at this horrible piece sitting out here. <laughs> Good for you. You're noticing it now. Things that you never noticed before. But, yeah, I used to, there was a piece at a foundry that I go to one time, and I kept thinking they, they were kind of up. They were, they'd been cast, and they were kind of up. The people weren't picking it up for a while, and so it was kind of above my head, but I kept thinking, something looks wrong about those people. And then one time I went to the foundry, and they were on the ground, and they were as tall as me, but their waist was about four or six inches longer, you know, their uh -huh. torso. There was no legs. That was what was wrong with it. They had no legs. And you did, it was obvious the person hadn't built them nude. They just put the clothes on and uh, so anyway yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, just yeah yeah and there was at the foundry that time that the kid had his hand on backwards you know you just have to pay a little <laughs> more attention to detail <laughs> well look, i want to talk about something else that you do too because actually this is something that i didn't even realize when i was doing a little bit of research on you and you have a piece up here and that's what your relief sculptures as well which we've got a number of there and they're just beautiful Talk a little bit about those because it's kind of a different thing for you. Yeah. I mean, you use some of the same techniques, of course, but talk about your relief sculptures because people, I don't think, are, are as, as familiar with them. People don't think they know what a bar relief is. I say I'm doing a bar relief and they say, well, what's that? Or they they might see what I've done and they say, well, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. And you, and you have. You have seen them everywhere. You just don't know you're seeing them. Look at some of the old buildings around town where they have carvings up around the, the tops and, mm -hmm. and, and 
the different carvings in buildings, you're just not even aware of them anymore. They're older buildings, obviously. They're not doing it as much in present day. But those were all bar reliefs. And I did a little sculpture for a little girl. She was a real outdoor person. She just always wore her little wellies. She lived in England, and she always wore her little wellies and sundresses and loved to, to dig and find bugs and whatnot. And so we did a sculpture of her, and she's got, she's kind of, running and she's got a frog jumping out of her hand and I put her on her base is a block like a ABC building block Mm -hmm. but on each side I let her pick out a bug and so I in bar relief I put a bug on all four sides the bugs that she she picked out and I had so much fun doing it I thought well this is fun I like this so I decided to, to give it a shot, and um, the first one I did was my twin grandsons. And so how long ago was this that you started doing oh, this? Oh, I've just, these are only a few years. That's what I was thinking, because yeah. I don't even recognize, like, I came in here, well, I had done, saw, see, maybe on your website, or maybe there was just some pictures that I was just scanning through, I, I'd seen one or two, but this is like, to me, this is new compared to the other Yeah, thing. yeah, it, it was actually a couple of Christmases ago, it could be two Christmases ago or something. Time has no meaning during I know, the COVID I know. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I gave them to, to my, my daughter and my daughter-in-law for Christmas, but they were just clay. I had just started them. And I had a picture on my computer of the twins that just always cracked me up because they're identical. And they're just laughing at each other, and it's a profile and a head-on, which is perfect for identical twins. And so I decided to do that one first, and I just love it. I really do. I love it. But for some reason, people don't quite get it. You know, um, I cast the first one in, um, I made a mold of it, and then I cast it in a bonded marble. Oh, okay. And um, I'll show you downstairs. I have it downstairs. But, um, well, there's a plaster one back there. But anyway, I I did cast it, and I'm, my daughter does have it at her, her house. The other ones still don't have theirs. I've made the mold, but I still haven't cast it. But I just had a blast doing it. It's just really interesting because you're only you're trying to make it look three-dimensional, but you're only going out at the very most, not even a quarter of an inch. So it's like drawing, but you you still got to get that three-dimension feeling um, it's it's interesting. I, it is, I, it's you know, and it's funny because it is almost it's like it's it's such a classic art form. I mean, you right. think about like going back to antiquity. I mean, this well, was even like the a Egyptians thing. did it yeah. in a way. They were a little more opposite relief right. because they dug into the stone, yeah. whereas this is a little bit added out. But yeah, wood carvings. You think yeah. about woodworking on on pieces of furniture and stuff. That's bar relief. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different technique. I mean, a different material that you're using. Right. But. I'm using the clay that doesn't harden, so it has to be molded and cast into something. I wonder, does it, like, kind of hit on something different for you, too? I mean, just because, you know, you're used to working on all three. You're, you know, walking around a piece right. and you're doing everything. Right. And this is like, like you said, almost like drawing. You're kind of sitting in front of it and, you know, making a making the piece. And it's you're not going to go around the edges of it. I mean, you are creating a three-dimensional space in the way that you create it. But Well, I started out painting. Ah, okay. So, in the very beginning, I was a graphic design and painting. So, yeah, I guess it's going back to that a little bit. But, I don't know, it's just fun to take that little smidge of clay and make it come out just a hair and make those cheeks pop or that nose pop or make sure the knees are out further, although they're not. 
Yeah, they're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, I just found it so fun. I mean, so it looks fun. so challenging. I will say, just like looking at, and I, you have the piece with the twins here, and it's just really, it is a lot of fun. It does look very three dimensional. You know, it's, I, I this kind of brought up something that I we kind of probably should have talked about before we got into all this other stuff. But I mean, you really. You know, you've been doing this for a while, but it's really not been that long that you've been no, doing this stuff, no. you know, all of this stuff. And so, you know, I mean, I think maybe people think, you know, you've been in Savannah, you grew up in Savannah, you came from an artistic background. We talked about your dad being an architect and you were sort of surrounded by arts. You know, you had a background in painting, but you've really only been doing sculpture for the most part like this since you, what took, you went to the... You went to Italy, yeah, and you did. That was what that was what in like two thousand late two thousands about ninety seven ninety seven. Okay, ninety seven. So, so I mean, that's coming up on twenty five years, I guess. That's twenty five years basically coming up on. Do you reflect on that at all? I mean, it's kind of interesting because you've moved out of City Market now, and you're kind of in your own space. You've started on doing this new stuff, but it's like, I don't know. You're in kind of another transitional period in a way after twenty three years of being. Yeah, I I think I was just. So blessed. I always loved sculpture. And I've told this story before. I grew up going to Brooklyn Gardens in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what I that is, it is the largest outdoor sculpture garden of American art in the world. And it is three plantations. And Anna Hyatt Huntington and her husband Archer started it. She was a sculptor and one of the most prominent sculptors in the world at her time. And they started this sculpture garden. And I grew up going there. My grandparents were from that area. And I just loved sculpture. But I never knew how to do it. Mm. I never knew how to do it. I never never tried it. I went to art school. And, and because I couldn't pass French, I ended up in the graphics department. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But I ended up in the graphics department, which was suited for me. It was good. I work good. I work best, best with assignments. And I uh-huh. figured that out about yeah. myself. If if I don't have an assignment, I just kind of sit there and say, "Well, yeah, this would be fun to do. Well, maybe that would be fun to do." And then I just never get around to. Re- well, and consideration of the mm-hmm. details too. I mean, that's graphics. That I mean, like yeah. You know oh, I mean? and my and father being an architect, it yeah. is inbred in me. It is so <laughs> inbred in me. And and graphics in my day was no computers. Right. Everything was hand done. And if you didn't like one little design, one little glitch of something you had done, you started all over again. You know, you started from square right. one and and lettering we had to hand letter everything i mean it was but i, I excelled in it <laughs> i was good at it the details i loved it i loved lettering hand lettering so yeah this this part of it works right into it it does and there's a what people don't understand too is there's an awful lot of math in what i do because you're scaling up you're sca- you know when you're scaling up somebody i might do a quarter life person Mm-hmm. And you've got to figure out all the little dimensions, or you're going to go life and a quarter. Well, all of a sudden, you take a six foot man and you have to make him a quarter size larger. You have to figure out all that math in your head. Well, right. and then the internal, he's got pipes inside of him, and he's got PVC pipe. These big pieces have yeah. PVC pipe in them. So you have to kind of figure out where that structure goes so that when you put clay on the outside of it, you're at the right point. And the elbows are in the right. You've bent that pipe in the right point. And <laughs> right. it's usually not. I usually go back in and I'm forever <laughs> digging the clay off of it and bending it back again. But um, I was doing that the other day to that right arm. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. And, and the wrist got cut off about three inches. But 
it, it's a lot of math. It's a lot of planning. Mm. So all of that ties in. It's it's all part of that background I have. It That's works. That's awesome. Well, look, Susie, I'm not gonna. I want to finish up the interview here. The the official recorded part of the interview here. Now, I, you've got your website, SusieChisholm.com. I'm getting a new one. Oh, you are. I am. I'm in the middle of getting a new one that's going to be updated because the other one's about eight years out of date. There are <laughs> You've been of, busy. I've been well. I've been busier than it looks on that. I've got a big piece in Purdue that's not on there. A big three life and a quarter three people up at Purdue University and a couple of things around that that aren't on there. So I think there were 20 pieces that aren't on there. So be patient. It's coming. It's coming. Well, so if people want to know more about what you're doing, is that the best way to do is go ahead to your website? Yeah. Now that we and, can't and, and see you in here. And keep coming back and you'll see. <laughs> you'll see the new version soon. All right. Well, thank you so much, Susie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.